0: Hello and welcome to What Moves Us, the podcast where we ask what moves us, or more accurately, what's going to move us in future.
1: With the Rail Innovation Groups, Johanna Randall and Liam Henderson, we look at debates, themes, and decisions of the minute that will impact on the way we get about in the future. Morning. morning, morning, Liam. How are you feeling?
0: Morning. I am feeling fine. I just have a little bit of a sniffly cold, but. Um, I feel like the weather outside is just sniffly and grey. Yes.
1: It's grey in Scotland here this morning as well. It's very wet after a very beautiful day. The last couple of days were very beautiful because you can see all the autumn colours here at the moment.
0: Oh, do you go out leafing? Are you a leafer?
1: I'm not actually, but I did last week build myself a, um, an autumn, um, what do they call them, Reef that's what I did oh. we with, with all things out of the garden and berries and stuff, so it's on my door, I thought it was appropriate.
0: Very appropriate. Is <laughs> there a, some sort of, I know it's Halloween, uh, but is there some sort of autumn festival in the Highlands?
1: Um, not a festival, but they do have something called Enchanted Forest, and it's the first time it's been held for three years because of Covid, and it really was enchanting and um, we had some friends um, from Brighton up at the weekend and we went on Sunday evening and it was just the most magical thing ever
0: so it is Thursday the 20th of October hurtling through autumn at the moment we had a rail innovation group meet up last night in- and who,
1: who who was at the rail innovation group last night because obviously I couldn't go so I'm relying on you to tell me and all our listeners what happened
0: uh, well, we were hosted by the Railway Industry Association in uh, Westminster, and we had a speaker from PA Consulting, who was telling us about how they developed the benefits framework for Network Rail. So, if you wanted to get investment or R and D funding for projects within Network Rail, how would you rate them against their framework? so it's more it's also things that may not have the perfect business case but the kind of things that you should do is how would you how do you score how do you present a case for something that needs to happen even though it probably doesn't have the best business case to happen
1: so what sorts of things does it score then if you know because if you were to because this frequently comes up amongst transport planners and I'm not a transport planner but you are mm-hmm. um How does that think they do? But it's frequently a criticism of the way transport models work and particularly the Treasury Green Book. So how does this allow alternative benefits to be measured then? Yeah, so so roads, for example, always come up as a better measurement for investment than rail, even though clearly from an environmental social Point of view, rail is a better investment. So how does that address that balance?
0: Well, I'd say roads don't always come out best in cities, in urban places where the railway, if you were to build a railway, it would be full. Um roads come out better, I think, in more regional or less urban areas where there's less demand for rail. Um but how do you score it? Well, particularly you need to. I think what's going on at the moment, especially with net zero legally binding, is that the policy has to change. I think it already has. that It does take account of carbon in some form, whether it's social benefits. But you basically just have to find other ways to score a scheme. Uh, so cutting down on emissions from cars would be a, would be a part of your business case. I mean, but taking... Care, sorry. Take in case the cycle highways that are being built in various cities. So they're being built a lot of the time with active travel funding, but then you've got to run them through a business case anyway. So that is almost prioritised, well, it prioritises active travel over cars, but on a traditional business case, that
1: probably wouldn't make sense. No, but if I'm, you know, if I'm, you know, man on the Clapham omnibus or person on the Clapham omnibus what and I don't the
0: Clapham omnibus.
1: <laughs> it was something that used to be an old uh, you know or Essex man or you know it's one of those personas and so I think they used to use it in the in in the 50s or something used to be a term man the man on the Clapham omnibus but it could be well, what what did they use in the last election for the person that yeah would vote that would that they were targeting to vote for Boris Johnson I can't remember but Matrose woman, yeah. <laughs> I have to. no, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> so, but so so I don't understand all of this, you know. And if you now I think it's interesting you mentioned this the um the cycle superhighways because from car users there's a lot of opposition for um cycle super highways um or just cycling in general, because there's a view that um, you're taking space away from them that's theirs yeah rather than actually creating a better environment uh, creating a better environment so and this was said to me quite recently by somebody is actually you're making pollution worse because you're creating traffic jams by reducing the space on the roads so so clearly well not clearly but you know there's something is not encouraging people to get in their bikes and I know this is going off the point a bit but you know, people are still staying in their cars and not getting onto bikes or alternative forms of transport
0: um so my counter to that would be that if you're a car driver you would. Know, the the other argument i give you is that you should encourage active travel methods because then there'd be less there'd be more people on bikes less people in cars therefore you'd have a quicker journey in your car if you're the remaining yeah. who drives
1: but you see everybody expects everybody else to make the choice don't yes. they well, yeah no that's worries. you know that's yeah. yeah that you know rather the you know
0: Gone off on of a right tangent here, aren't we? At that cycling. We are. <laughs> should have done a whole episode on that.
1: We still can. But anyway, so let's go. So let's go back to PA consulting and their benefits framework there. Yes. So so what sorts of things did you hear last night then?
0: Uh, well, actually, I heard it it was an unusual session. So for anyone who's not been to a Relation Group meetup, they are quite open forums where we have a networking before. And a lot of the reason for having these meetups is for networking and wider group discussion. It's not really to sit there quietly listening. However, last night it was interesting how people did sit and listen for almost an hour (laughs) to the presentation about benefits framework and then flipped into a big group discussion that went on for a good half an hour. It was just quite an unusual session because normally it's a bit of interaction all the way through and then quite quickly breaks into group. Set group chats about the topic but this one wasn't at all everyone just stayed as one big group we actually had to almost break it up ourselves towards the end to encourage people to have smaller discussions so it was quite interesting in that respect because i think the topic was so relevant to everybody it wasn't like that you had your own personal uh your own personal application of it it was so relevant for everybody And I think the other difference was that because it was more a conceptual thing, people were listening, and certainly I was doing the same, listening, working out how it was relevant to what I was doing to then formulate what queries I'd have about it. I needed to spend time applying it to sort of what projects I might do before I could then work out, ah, okay, so if it does that, then what do I, okay, I need to ask this question. So having said that, I'm going to now use this as a giant segue into other things. That is the current state. Who knows how long the current state will go on?
1: I was going to say, where where do we want to go next? Do we want to talk about our members, or do we want to talk about the politics?
0: It's all relevant, isn't it? Really, it's
1: all. Re- I guess it is. Actually, <laughs> so, you dead. So, well, I think I think it was interesting. I'm going to stop using the word interesting because it's never interesting what I say. <laughs> um, but um, what are I re-listened to our podcast last night that we did in May 2021 when the white paper initially came out, Right. Um, because I couldn't remember whether I actually said I'd be surprised if it ever happened, given how many other strategies and rail reviews had happened before that had never ha- that had never happened. I think I I because at the time, I was also writing an essay for the masters that I'm working on at the moment, and I was spe- specifically looking at strategy, so I was quite interested in it as a topic as part of my master's study. And I didn't actually say that, but I did. Um, we did have a discussion about the challenge and the approach that was being taken, and I don't, you know, and I and it it will be. Um, I'm trying to think of the word um, that um, to see where it does go, given, you know, what's happening with this government and and et cetera, et cetera, because we we set out how challenging it was because it was huge and we focused a lot on, although we focused on individual elements, we did talk about um, it being interesting that they were focusing on getting the strategy right first and the organisational structure and that, and that was very much following a, a particular type of strategic viewpoint that you have to have the great white man, and this is another persona that has been created within strategic management circles who leads on on the piece, which obviously we have at the moment. Right. I can see you've got your hand up, no I don't no, don't you. I thought I could see you putting your hand up. Um, so 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 we heard, and i I guess that's to a certain extent why GBR is unraveling a bit at the moment because it hasn't really moved forward much in eighteen months. And I think you know the the segue to the 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 politics is that because obviously we were um we were speculating in Berlin that GBR was dead because of a change in rail minister and that um, the new rail minister or the new secretary of state, I should correct myself, um, wouldn't um, want to be associated with a previous secretary of state's piece of work. Um, but also I think as the um, as the problem with um, the current Situation with government is that, and I and I think we have known this for a long time. That effectively we have had no functioning government for a year, because it was pointed out. I think I think I was watching Newsnight last night where they were saying it's been a year since the Owen Patterson vote. <laughs> and that was when things started getting dysfunctional of course we were and when we were saying about gbr it wasn't because we necessarily thought that gbr was going to fall away it was because the reality of the situation is we have a backlog of legislation yes um and so it's the capacity of government to deal with them when you've had a government that has effectively passed no legislation for two years you hope know, what's you know something's got to give and transport is not the priority but i think that um so so we had the announcement yesterday that um formally that at the, the select committee that um gbr is not going to be um laid in the current parliamentary session i would if i was betting i'd say we probably won't see it in any of the current parliament because it's something that can be parked and probably dealt with civil servants but in the meantime nothing will happen in rail because of that it'll just be more of the the same and in the and I say more of the same I think we're all seeing a decline in sort of services in some sort of way because nobody's in control of it nobody we have no great white man if you want to use that leading it because there is no strategy and I think that is linked to the legislation that they do intend to pass which is to um, prevent um, to have a minimum service level of um of transport requirements if um the rmt or ASLEF or whatever vote to strike yeah and in the end what what happens to all the all the investment yeah because mixed up you know within this huge transport bill is also the legislation for phase two of hs2
0: well that which was we've all
1: which we've all reeled they've all reeled back on
0: late last night it was confirmed that that was happening it was going to manchester <laughs> I think it was Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, who said it last night.
1: I think the the, the trouble is, is that there's no trust there, is there?
0: No. I mean, you yeah. I mean, and anything. you
1: even and you even had I mean, like, the 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 Transport Secretary of State was on the Today program, and because obviously she'd got she'd got the short straw for. Um, doing the rounds on the media this morning excuse me and um she um you know other than the rails strike bill whatever you want to call it nothing you know nothing you know it was all about the you know the westminster psychodrama fracking which was you know which was a manifesto commitment that they weren't going to to do yes yeah, I mean, like, this is the thing, I mean, I, they're just, re, you know, there's no trust there, of what they're going to do, even if they can limp their way till, to December 2024, even with their sizeable majority, yeah. there is no trust because every, they're reeling back on everything. It's, you know, there's no strategy, you know, it's all, you know, tactically, what can we do to survive today's drama?
0: Uh, yes.
1: Which isn't good for <laughs> any any form there. of infrastructure investment you know so some of the problems that we have in rail today they're going to continue they're yes. just not going so, to be resolved
0: i was having a discussion last week with someone working within the GBR transition team environment great picture is the transition team um who made the point that a lot of the things that we want to do to establish Great British Railways costs a lot of money to sort of rebuild, restart systems from scratch again, particularly around ticketing. For example, if you want to have integrated ticketing the way that the GBR proposal is, you have to spend a lot of money up front to build a ticketing system platform that everyone can dial into and can do integrated journeys and everything else. And that's, A big cost up front, which at the moment, I don't think anyone's going to fund, even though it has a wonderful business case, just the capital investment isn't there at the start at the moment.
1: But this is a case in point, though, for every day that something like that is delayed, the more it is going to cost. Because we have been talking about integrated ticketing since George Muir was at ATOC
0: uh yeah the launch
1: of oyster you know and we're going back 20 years and everybody even way back then i was going well it's the commercial systems you know and your own commercial companies so that needs to be and and all you need all you need to do is build the back of house and tell everybody they need to talk to it and they need to comply with the standards it's no real difference to what happens today it's just done in a different way
0: okay well, maybe you should advise them on that. I hear you're writing <laughs> a paper for us. It should be on that. Now oh, you yourself.
1: I will do it. <laughs> Honestly, I promise. I promise everybody I will do it. It plays on my mind a lot.
0: <laughs> Good. I hope you have sleepless nights. Get it done. <laughs> um and the other thing that someone pointed out to me last night, we had visitors from far and wide to our event last night someone came on the sleeper train from Plymouth just to come to the event I was talking to someone who'd come down from Manchester and their point was that one of the other implications of delaying Great British Rail is that that competition to find the headquarters that was going to be outside of London in somewhere in the north that's now being postponed so having a centre of excellence for rail somewhere else is now not happening so narrow rail will stay in Milton Keynes the offices will stay in London and it's sort of confirms the fact that the levelling up ish part isn't really the priority anymore it doesn't seem to be the priority I'm going in a few hours I'm taking the train to Leeds for a debate on levelling up but it doesn't seem that that's I think that that was a Boris Johnson thing so we seem to have lost that now are we still levelling up do you know
1: I don't know but I presume (laughs) that we I mean I think I think there was a piece in The Guardian last week about levelling up under, under Liz Truss, which basically concluded that um, Liz Truss had debunked the, the theory that it wasn't it, there was no levelling up agenda, it was just another one of Boris Johnson's three-word slogans. Because other than um, there was a few competitions for councils to apply or local authorities to apply for money, for funds to do some levelling up schemes. Yeah. There's, there hasn't really been anything out, out of that. I mean, I give you, I like, it's. I think it's wider than just about a transport headquarters outside of London, though, because... Yeah, but you'd imagine, um, like, the consultancies think, would move... Yeah. There. I think in terms of a centre of excellence, a little bit because of high speed, too, but also because of the great work that's done at the University of Birmingham, you do have some engineering stuff happening there yeah and that's you know and that's taken years to do so I think that's really I think that's really positive in terms of what's happening That, but but I you know I never personally I never really bought into this GBR headquarters as rubbish you know and sort of like leveling up and that because it was just it was a PR campaign and you know to make to make people think as though government was doing something to do with gbr that wasn't sort of like happening in the ivory tower of waterloo where the task force is based you know and i'm and i you know I, i didn't say anything on you know on linkedin or other social medias and that but i and i was just always it always used to really annoy me the way people bought into Into that, and you know, and the amount of people that were going on there saying "vote for me, vote for me" and that, you know, it was just, you know, it was just like you know X Factor or something, you you know. know? And where no, I did not participate in any way (laughs) because I'm a grumpy old woman, right? (laughs) And these things make me very angry, and the reason why they make me angry, and and this is yeah, and this is sort of. You know the whole, you know wider government thing is just all the money that is being wasted. You know, that's all you know, and this is just the tip of the iceberg of money that is being wasted. You know, before you even get onto things that are wasted over, you know, contracts for, you know, their friends and and stuff like that. And know, yeah, and money that has been committed by various advisors on GBR money to run competitions of where you know where headquarters will be. I mean, like this stuff. I mean, once you you know it's all small amounts, but once you add it all up, it is going into millions and billions, and nothing has been delivered. There is, no, and I think that's the one thing I did say in the podcast was that we're going to wait years to deliver anything that um, will deliver um, passenger benefit and if anything it is worse now than it was at 2018 when they launched the the um the review right and where's the innovation where's the innovation in all of this i mean one could argue that lner have innovated so how do they do it but has anybody else
0: um yes small small aspects however the uncertainty of funding and contracts and commercials means that I, many companies are unable to do anything other than a pilot study because they can't commit then, anything long term
1: yeah. and then add on to that I mean I, everyone's all over the news saying that government is causing uncertainty I and mean, I, and I actually I think I think uncertainty is you know is actually too too weak a word to use. I mean, I, I reckon most people have got high levels of stress and anxiety because they have no idea what's going on from day to day. So how can you invest in a climate like that?
0: Well, it's been the same. Yeah, because
1: you're, you're worried about your own personal situation, let alone a business. And if you're a startup.
0: Yes, that is a... Uh... Yeah, so we were discussing just before we started recording that two of our members, the Rail Innovation Group members, have decided that rail isn't for them after pursuing opportunities and helping innovation in rail for a number of years, that the uncertainty and difficulty of trying to get a project done in rail has just meant that they're as a small company, they have to prioritise the industry they're working in and that rail is not for them anymore. Which is a shame and it's a loss to rail, it will be a benefit to whichever industry they go into. But I, I am noticing more and more people just sort of, it's not giving up. They're just going, oh, it's just not worth it. So which is what? which is what we have been seeking for years to try and get technology companies to look at rail rather than other, probably more high-profile industries, because there are opportunities in rail. But if these companies have now come in, spent a few years trying, and give up effectively. Then it's an indictment on the whole industry <laughs> that failed yeah. to.
1: Fail I think I'm gonna. I right. I will. I will sort of like you know. I think it's not just startups though, but I think it's interesting because one of those businesses I'm aware has been quite successful in rail. Yeah. In getting con contracts and that. So so, what's what's changed for them? You know.
0: I'd say that no one, can, no one is allowed to make a decision. For the last year, as you say, no one's been allowed to make a decision.
1: So that's just going to get worse, really, isn't it, for small, for small businesses and startups?
0: Well, I think you're at the situation now. You need to either go back to the way franchising was pre-COVID, because at least you had a seven-year windows for companies, or you need to just start again with some sort of national
1: and that's That's and that's that's kind of the tension between what's going on at gbr you know particularly when um because this isn't just a dft issue um because as as we all know we've already mentioned about ticketing and nobody wants to invest in a in a national ticketing system because it costs a lot of money and of course who who has to pay the money out treasury yeah and treasury you know one you know they'll want they'll want to see a return, they'll want to start to see their return come back in from the support they gave to Rail and Rail during COVID. Because a lot of money went into Rail to continue to make sure that it could start up and obvious and obviously rail has not recovered everywhere. The legislation to move on to these new style franchising contracts, concession modeling, whatever you want to call it, the DFT will be put under pressure. Treasury to bring competition come in. They won't, you know, it'll be very difficult for them to to go through a direct award program Mm -hmm. as they did the last time there was a review into franchising, in which in the end nothing really changed. Because I think that's I think that's part of the issue is that you know, particularly a government that's been in for 12 years, they're out of ideas. And the trouble is that they're too addicted to the franchising model. And you have you have really if you if you really are committed to transformation and this comes back to the investment and what we started this conversation about um sort of like benefits and making rail work over roads for example
0: make rail great again
1: make (laughs) is that you have got to kind of um not start again but you've got you've got to to start from a a point where you know um rail is you know 100 meters up the road so or up the the railway track so to speak and and so that you're um giving people the the carrots that they need and and that to invest in rail and to come into rail rather than rather than the other way but but without strategy without certainty without knowing without trust knowing that you know this is the plan and this is where we're going you're just not going to get that
0: no yes uncertainty uncertainty uncertainty
1: as opposed to growth growth growth
0: now that's true <laughs> right I must leave you it was lovely to see but, you
1: but it was a good chat this morning
0: it was a good chat i will speak soon bye bye thanks for listening to another episode of what moves us we hope we moved you for more episodes you'll definitely want to subscribe to our channel
1: until next time